This is Alex Haddix from the Practical Defense Podcast. You're listening to the oldest martial arts podcast on the net. Please excuse the old man smell. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial art conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Go to www.piranagear.com for all your martial art equipment needs. And now, here are your hosts, Dan and Paul. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul with Karate Cafe coming at you with a little bit of an unusual episode. Unusual in the sense that uh, I'm recording it, and I'm recording it solo. Dan is, again, otherwise engaged, so you got me. I uh, didn't have enough time to uh, turn around and do a live episode, so I'm just going to go ahead and record this one. Uh, the topic we have today was suggested by uh, a man I respect, a, a fine instructor, uh, John Shipes. Hanshi uh, of the Athens Karate School. He's the regional director for our, our style, Shonru Kenshin Khan. And uh, we were chatting one day uh, on the internet box, and he suggested the topic of about, about staying humble uh, in the martial arts. Now, this is kind of, you know, one of those consider the source things. This is coming from a guy who's an eighth degree black belt. He's a regional director for our system. Uh, he's brought to a lot of seminars and, and whatnot, and uh, he's a pretty humble guy in and of himself. Um, but one of the things that we were talking about, uh, about moving up in the martial arts and stuff like that is, is, is staying humble as, uh, as remembering, uh, who you are and, and where you came from and, and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, I'm going to speak to that, but first, before we get to that, here's the seminar announcements. <laughs> Okay, here are your seminar updates. Remember, November 5th, Okinawan Karate Club of Dallas is hosting a seminar by Bill Hayes. Seminar focuses on the old concepts of Shorunu Karate, life protection mindsets, warrior wellness, and their application within Koru Kata. For more information, go to www.okcdallas.com. On November 6th in Syracuse, New York, Syracuse Junicon is hosting Mark Laux Sensei for a day of authentic Okinawan karate training. Along with a one-hour session for children, Laux Sensei will teach three sessions for adult karateka. They include a deep look at karate fundamentals, a review of the Nahate approach to Sanshin, and for advanced students, a detailed look at applied kata. Any questions can be directed to Dave Adi at 315-382-8085. And don't forget, December 9th through the 11th in Athens, Texas, the Athens Karate School 10th Annual Winter Tuite Camp will be going on. This year it features Isao Kisei Kaicho, son of our Grandmaster Fusei Kisei, and we'll be covering all facets of Tuite, including chokes, gun, and knife disarms. For more information, contact John Shipes Hanshi at 903-675-3229. And as always, if you need more information, you can email us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Okay, we are back. Again, the topic is staying humble, carrying bags, sweeping floors, and the long road to enlightenment. Again, this topic was suggested by uh, John Shipes Hanshi uh, and our federation, and uh, it goes a little something like this. Staying humble. Very important. One of the things that I normally say when I'm talking to somebody about uh, a defense situation or, you know, using my karate or, you know, whatever you want to call it, I usually jokingly say, uh, yeah, I don't like to get into a fight because whoever I get in a fight with will be the guy 
who is better than me. Uh, and I know you guys have heard me say many times on the show itself, uh, in a pretty deprecating manner about my level of ability and, and, and whatnot. And Dan's joked about it as well. Um, because I, I know there are people who are better than me. <laughs> and again, there's probably more than a few people who know me on the show who are going like, yeah, there's an entire federation of people at least. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. The important point, what I'm, what I'm saying is that it's important to stay humble, not only from a martial arts standpoint, uh, from your techniques, from uh, your applications and your diligent study for it, but also, uh, you know, from just operating in life, staying humble. Uh, yeah, we had a black belt. I remember, for those of you who listened to the mini-sode last week, uh, you know I had it run in with my instructor. He came down and, uh, and, and came to one of our black belt workouts, and uh, we changed into our gi, and uh, we went to the the dojo that we were training at, and it's actually, it's upstairs. You, There's a door off the street, and there's a flight of stairs. And uh, he had his weapons bag and, and, and whatnot, and I picked it up. And he said, no, 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 what are you doing? I said, well, I'm carrying your bags. I'm your student. That's what I do. Um, now, as many of you know, I'm a, a lofty fourth-degree black belt. I'm a sensei. And I have my own school. I have my own students, etc., etc., etc. But it's an honor for me to carry my instructor's bag. He's done a lot of stuff for me. He's taught me a lot of things. Uh, I think it's only right. Uh, he's, he's done a lot, you know, within karate and without, outside of karate to, uh, to merit me carrying his bag. Um, so to me, it, it, it's an honor. I mean, I've been carrying his bag for 20 some odd years, so it's not that big a deal. And, you know, I schlepped that up the stairs. Now, you know, when I got, and walked into the dojo, my students who had come to the black belt workout were already there. And, uh, you know, I walked in, I was like, hey, everybody, and, and walked in, and, you know, I got all the way <laughs> over to kind of where the showman was and put the, our weapons and stuff up, and, and, and none of my students uh, rushed over there to, um, to help out, so I, I verbally chastised them. Um, but uh, John, who's one of our showdowns, and he trains at my school, he was like, oh, you know, I, I spaced it. I, didn't, I, you know, I totally didn't even get it. And I'm like, that's okay. You know, it's not that big a deal. I, again, I carried the bag. Uh, when we had our, our camp last year or in May, um, you know, when I went to meet my instructor, I grabbed my bag, I grabbed his bag, and then, you know, I grabbed his gi, it was on a, a, a hanger, and I told one of my students, you know, grab his bag. It's, it's just one of those things. He shouldn't have to carry his bag. He's a 7th degree black belt. He's my instructor. You know, it's, it's, Again, it's an honor for me, and it's to honor him. Uh, but he's totally okay with carrying his own bag. Um, but it's just it's kind of one of the things that, that, that helps me stay humble. Uh, as if I didn't get, you know, reminders almost on a daily basis, and definitely almost every class, that I still have a long way to go, martially speaking. Uh, it also kind of keeps me grounded in and of itself because, you know, I, I'm constantly looking at it, you know, part of the protocol of martial arts that a lot of people bag about uh, is part of that, is part of staying humble and understanding where you're at. Uh, some people may just take it from the physical aspect, but, you know, I, I think it's also important to take it from the mental aspect. You know, when we start class, uh, I have someone sweep the floor. Uh, if no one has started sweeping the floor, I'll go get the broom and then I start sweeping it. Part of it is as an object lesson because then someone will notice it and go, oh, hey, we should be sweeping the floor. And, and someone will take the, the broom. When we had camp this year, 
I told my students, I said, okay, if you see anyone who outranks you pushing a broom, go get it. Uh, because, I mean, just for protocol standpoint, I want them to understand that, that that's what they need to do. They need to, you know, there, there's a first level of self-defense, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, paying attention to who's around you and what's going on. So from a martial arts standpoint, I guess you could say hum being humble is actually a, a good training tool because, you know, it, not only are you constantly practicing the first level of self-defense, uh, you can also say you're pursuing the rest of the levels of self-defense. Uh, you're avoiding problems. You're controlling the situation. You're escaping from the situation uh, by being humble. You know, as we all remember from the uh, the, the TV series Kung Fu, Kwai Chang King walked around with his eyes cast low, but that doesn't mean he couldn't kick us when he needed to. And that's an important factor to remember. So there, you know, we can see the, the advantages of being humble Again, probably from a martial slash physical standpoint, uh, paying attention. To that, again, that might be also one of the things that the protocols uh, pump into. Paying attention to you know where you're at, where you're standing, where your senior is, where you know grandmaster is, where your instructor is, where your students are, what they're doing. Uh, you know, when I walk into the the floor at, at a camp, <clears throat> I mean, uh, a lot of times. Yeah, I'll walk in there if you get there early enough and the floor is essentially empty. You know, people have changed out, but they're kind of hanging on the sides and they're shooting the breeze and, and stuff like that. And on the first day, I might do that. But on the second day, when I get in there and usually I'm kind of uh, kinked up and whatnot, is I try and make a point to get on the floor and I get kind of out in the middle of the floor uh, because I want, you know, I really don't want anyone around me if I'm hanging around the periphery to come walking by. But I kind of want people to see me out there. So they can see that, you know, it's okay to be out there because look how crappy he is, you know. So get on out there and start working out. Start warming up. Get get your joints ready. Uh, and also it's an opportunity to kind of you know, let people know that that even though, again, I'm a, a coveted, you know, yondan, fourth degree black belt and stuff like that, I still need to get out there and practice. I still need to work out. Uh, one of the things that I'm finding out as an instructor is it's harder to find workout time in class I'm usually teaching and and ironic and strangely enough I thought as if I had senior students I would get more training time but as it turns out I have the less or or, or you know the same it turns out I may have the same amount or less because I'm still I'm still teaching the seniors and I have to teach them their follow-on stuff as well as take care of the junior belts and and everything else so you know, I take the training time where I can get it, and that's probably another component of, of staying humble and also uh, trying to keep up with your training. Um, you know, I, I don't ever want it to be so much so that it's it's a, it's because I said so. I want to be able to demonstrate that the technique works. I want to be able to do, do the kata in a way that I want them to do it. Uh, and, and so a component of staying humble is staying on your toes. Um Admittedly, I've got the worst memory in the world when it comes to sequences. Uh, the drills and uh, the gatherings of one-steps and our, our groups of tuite, I have a real hard time keeping them in order in my mind when I'm teaching them. I'm always referring to my notes. I'm always referring to my training manual. Uh, I, I know how to do the technique. I know how to apply the technique. But you know, I constantly tell my students, you know, here, you need a notebook so you can write this down so you can remember it. Um, because I can't remember it all, and I'm telling them I can't remember it all. So I mean, that's part of you know, the uh, the component of being humble is 
let them know, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm, you know, especially for junior students, it's telling them, it's like, you know, you're doing this content now and you're going to be doing this content every class for the rest of your martial art career. You know, you're going to be doing this first content forever because we have to do it too. Um, one thing that really influenced the way I teach uh, was uh, my instructor, he works out. Um, when he does the 25 basics, he very rarely stands and points. He very rarely does not work out. Even when he would have me or someone else like run the basics or run the techniques, he would almost invariably, he would almost always be in there training, working out, doing the techniques with somebody. Uh, he would sometimes rotate out and sometimes teach, but he wants to work out. He, uh, you know, So he identified the fact that he needs to continue training to keep up with what he's doing. And I identify that now, too. I don't know how he does it. Uh, well, I know how he does it. He's got all his weapons and everything at his office, and he has a pretty wide open office, so he can actually train during the day when he wants to. And his dojo is in his backyard, so it's pretty easy. So another component of, of training can also be you know, keeping the dojo clean. I saw a, a video a while back. I think we've talked about it on the show before. And it was a really traditional Aikido dojo. I think it was in L.A. And uh, before and after class, everyone lined up and, you know, wiped the floor down, which is probably really important in a, a style like Aikido and stuff like that. You know, one group of guys came through and, and, and washed it down, and another group of guys came in behind it and, you know, toweled it off so it was ready to go. And then again at the end of class. And, um... You know, some people might say, well, that's, you know, just poppycock. It's, you know, the guy getting out of cleaning his dojo, you know, call it what you will. Um, but I think it's an important key. Again, it, it's staying humble, but it's an important component because it keeps you, actually it keeps you centered. But it gives you a sense of responsibility, I think. Uh, you know, taking care of your dojo, being proud of your dojo, making sure your dojo is clean. Um representing your dojo. Yeah, I just had a, a, a guy who uh, I had a little verbal sparring match with, and uh, he got, I mean, I was kind of tricking his chain a little bit. He was being a little bit rude, and I pointed that out, and he got really mean. <laughs> and uh, I kind of pointed out, I was like, well, you know, you're making a bad example of yourself for your dojo. I mean, you've got other guys that you say you're underneath, yeah, you're an assistant instructor, so you know what kind of example are you setting for your students? And as an example of a student from that dojo, if you're acting like this, so you know, I, I mean, I want my dojo. I sublet; it's not actually my space, but I try and keep it clean. And I've actually told some of the other instructors there, it's at a yoga space, that I'm like, oh well, we sweep the floor before, and you know, if it's dirty for whatever reason afterwards, we'll sweep it afterwards. And uh, one of the yoga instructors was like, you do. Uh, because I'll come in there and there's, there'll be like flower petals on the floor and, and whatnot. And so no use complaining, just go sweep it up. So I'll grab the broom and sweep it up. Or if my students are in there, I'll say, hey, grab a broom or one of them will come take it for me. But I, I want my dojo to look good. I want the space to look good because I want people. I don't I don't want to, you know, it, it looking all shiny and slick. I want it to look clean and, and presentable and something that people want to train in. And so part of that, requires a little elbow grease, getting down on the floor, sweeping it up, wiping it down, picking up the dust bunnies. Uh, and again, as a student and an instructor, it's important to stay in touch with that and keep on getting in touch with that, you know, basically every week. You know, there's, there's lots of things, lots of components that of being humble that, that, that come into play, you know, especially like at a seminar, you know, uh, being deferential to your senior instructors, sure. Um, 
you know, but lending a hand, you know, there's generally a ton of people there, uh, but there's always something that someone can do, you know, move tables, move chairs, you know, carry something, move something, go get somebody. Actually, you know, being at a, a seminar is probably kind of an interesting dynamic for staying humble, uh, because for me, I tend to, I'm kind of a jokey guy anyway, uh, <clears throat> as some of you may have noticed from the show, but within that jokiness, uh, I, I tend to train I think I train fairly seriously. Uh, some people may disagree. That's okay. Um, but I try and focus on what I what I think I need to focus on. Uh, and one thing that kind of comes out at camps and seminars sometimes that I that I will say that I'm not really that much of a uh, a party to is um, people like to show out. Um, people we had a an example of, of a, a camp. A couple of years ago, where at the end of the camp, uh, one of the seventh degrees, then seventh degrees, now he's in eighth degree, uh, kind of got us all up at the end of class and was talking about protocol. How about he was kind of not really happy, Hunchy had kind of said a couple things about protocol, and he just kind of wanted to go over some of the things that you do in camp, and which is basic protocol for any school in the Federation. And probably in life, you know. Anyway, he kind of went over a few things, and, and, and he was done, and he said, okay, now let's all break for lunch. And he kind of turned and walked away, and then a, a, one of the Sandons who had been uh, had trained in Okinawa said, like, oh, yeah, one more thing, and uh, proceeded to kind of go over some more of the protocol stuff, essentially just what was kind of talked about uh, by the seventh degree. And then... Um, whoever that is got done talking and then some other like fourth degree was like, and one more thing. And it was basically more of the same. And some of us other guys were kind of hanging in the back, looking at this going like, okay, you know what? I, we get it. You know, we got it the first time, but you know, everyone kind of kind of wants to play the role. Everyone wants to feel like they kind of took control of that situation and, and are kind of leading the charge. Um, we've got, a lot of senior belts now in this federation, more than I've ever seen uh, ever, uh, at least since I've been training. And uh, and so now we're kind of getting in uh, some, some egos and, and some whatnot. So I think staying humble is a really important component when you go to a camp. Uh, you know, you're there to train. Uh, if you have your students there, you know, you're there to show off your students and, and show off your technique, uh, I think, to a, a degree. But you're also there to learn, and you're there as a student. So I think you probably should act as a student. Uh, obviously, some people will have to take over the the roles, and but I think those people are kind of known. It kind of comes down. Well, again, like I say, it comes down to ego. Uh, you know, it, your ego won't let you get past the fact that that somebody said something. That you know, if you feel passionate about it, you know, that's great. Um, but when it's been said two or three times, you know, you really don't need to throw your, your two cents in. Uh, so so sometimes at a camp, there's, uh, in a smaller environment, it's not so bad. Maybe I mean, bigger environments, I think, probably lend themselves to it more because there's just more people there and there's more groups you can kind of glom into it. Uh, but I think it's important to focus on the fact that you're there as a student. You know, no matter where you're at in the row, you know, no matter how tattered your belt is, you're there as a student. Um you know, when I'm, I ask what I can do. I ask if there's anything I can help with. I ask, you know, the last camp we did, we broke everybody up into certain groups to learn kata and stuff like that. And so, you know, and I was in a group with my instructor. And so he would, he knew, 
he knew what he I could do and what he could count on me to do. So he's like, okay, you go in the in the middle, so people can have a reference in the middle. We'll have someone in the back, well, you know. And as much as I was there to, it was probably the first time I kind of really got put into a position to kind of help teach. That was kind of cool. Uh, but then what I ended up doing was, I mean, I was also working out. I was also listening to what our instructor said. I was also passing it along. I was also talking to. Uh, we were teaching some brown belts, and I, I did a technique, and the brown belt was like, you know, well, isn't it kind of like that? And uh, again, this is, you know, this part of the humble, humbleosity, would that be a word? Cuts both ways, because I knew it to be a certain way, and since they was teaching in a certain way, and this person's instructor uh, was obviously teaching in a way that was slightly different, pretty much the same application, but, but slightly different. And so one of the things that I, I told him it was like, yeah, that's that's an application of it. This is the application that we're doing here, and this is the application that I do in my dojo. But you know, stick that in your toolbox and go with it. And um, because that's the other issue that kind of comes with being humble at a at a camp is <clears throat> even in the federation, people do stuff differently, and everyone wants to think they have the best Kool Aid. But you got to remember, it's just it's all martial arts, you know. And 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 the guy up front. It's the guy who's, who's telling you the way it is. It, do, it doesn't really, really matter because you can actually learn something. Uh, I, I think that's kind of an, an important statement to go with, with anything. I trained in Hawaii when I was living in Hawaii. I, I trained in Hawaii with a guy who is now one of the dog brothers, which I think that's kind of cool. Um, but we kind of got together. We worked together, and we both found out we did martial arts, and so we decided to kind of get together and start kind of training informally me and him and one of his friends and they did kali and some jiu-jitsu and i did karate and they had done some karate so you know we kind of got together and traded techniques and stuff like that but it was very low-key very informal and i I'm, I'm sure i learned more than i taught uh but i mean i, I think we both kind of went both ways because we would do a technique and he would go oh that's jiu-jitsu and i'm like well no i learned it in karate and it's, you know it's just here's the application of it so there was some training back and forth but at, at no time, and from what I remember, I had actually been training longer than these guys, but they had been training, I think, probably harder. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I took from that was, you know, it was just get together and, you know, touch hands and, and, and train and train uh, past techniques back and forth and have a good time, you know, and that applies within your federation. When you're at a seminar, if you go to some seminar for somebody else's school, uh, you just train, you know, don't take any preconceived notions in and just, just soak it up. Yeah, sure. You'll probably see stuff in there that makes no sense to you in your, in your system. That's okay. You know, it's, it, it, don't put on airs. Don't, you know, act like a fool and, and, and tell somebody they're wrong because they're not wrong. They're just different. Uh, and that's an important key in staying humble as, as a martial artist for the long run is, you know, staying Staying true to yourself, certainly, you know, but it's a long road to enlightenment. It never stops. Um, as we kind of said in the, uh, you know, the, the multi-style masters and 20-year showdowns a couple weeks ago was, was, you know, you need to have a guiding hand. You need to have uh, someone riding herd over you, making sure your techniques are good, but you also need time down the road, you know. Uh, That's one of the points that I made in that show, and uh, I think some people have commented to it on the board, which, by the way, if you go to karatecafe.com and get on the forums, uh, there's a thread, a nice little thread on it there, uh, on the 20-year masters, 20-year showdowns and uh, multi-style masters. But one of the points that I made in, in that show was that a showdown 
the twenty year showdowns, you know, may they may still hit you know, the signposts, they may still hit the touchstones, they may still understand their system as they go. Uh uh, you know, as they continue training and continue working on stuff, they may stumble upon the concepts that they probably would have learned, you know, five or ten years down the road. Maybe it may have taken them a little bit longer. Maybe they, they stumbled upon it after, you know. Uh, but if they go and seek out some sort of, you know, training, preferably with somebody in their own system or, or something close to it, I think that kind of helps them move, the, move them down the, the path a little bit towards enlightenment. Uh, and towards learning concepts that are, you know, quote-unquote bigger. You know, uh, I think one of the things that that helps push that along is just training humbly, training with people, training with, you know, asking questions. Yeah, there, there's, there's never a time where I have ever, that I can remember, you know, just kind of sloughed it off like, ah, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I will say, to my credit, I think I know usually what people are talking about, I've encountered it in some way, shape, or form, but that doesn't mean that I've actually, you know, understand the depth of whatever's going on. So, you know, I'm not afraid to go like, what are you talking about? Because it may be a concept that's complete crap to me, uh, but I still want to know about it. You know, I still want to know where I stand, at, at least on the knowledge, because even knowing even knowing everything about the, there is to know about your system is great, but you need to understand about other styles, if if not systems, just to, you know, kind of keep your, your foot in the game and uh, keep understanding, keep seeing how it relates to your style. Uh, being, a, being a student, I guess, is probably a, a full-time student, a, a continual student, is probably the, the biggest stepping stones to staying humble, um, both in a physical and mental standpoint, is always keeping yourself in that mode of trying to learn, trying to perfect what you're doing, uh, you know, constantly moving forward, um, you know, look back, understand where you came from, uh, and, and don't be above picking up a bag, picking up a broom, and doing what needs to be done. So, I think that's about all I'm going to blob about for this show. Again, a little bit different show, just me talking, just me recording, not a live show. Uh, we hope to get Dan back into the massive Crony Cafe studio very soon uh, so you guys don't just have to listen to me uh, we appreciate you guys listening to the mini-sodes, we appreciate all our new listeners all over the world um, seeing some really interesting download locations and I know they're not spam, there are actual downloads and I think that's just great so we uh, appreciate it and really like you to keep it up so until next time, for my wayward host Dan Williams, this is Paul Wilson saying we'll talk to you again very soon Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. Remember, you can help support this podcast by going to our sponsor, Piranha Gear. Go to piranhagear.com and let them know Karate Cafe sent you. You can also support the show by donations. Go to karatecafe.com, click on the support button, donate as much as you like or as little as a dollar a show. That's all we ask. And as always, you can continue the conversation on the forums at karatecafe.com. We'll talk to you again very soon.